Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. So today on the episode, we're going to be talking about the magic of art as a means of social engagement, play, health, and well-being. And I'm welcoming Julie to the podcast. Thank you for taking time to chat with me about this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, I mean... Art is magical. And I think, you know, we've in the last several months to two years, like a lot of the arts and the creativities have had to like change and shift, right? Yeah. Um, due to, you know, pandemic and life circumstances. So, but before we get into all of that business, I want to, I want to, I want our guests to learn a little bit about you, you know, what was your journey into like the art business? Like I just, you know, I like personal stories and so I'm excited to hear yours. Okay. So you probably tell from the accent, I'm not from Canada originally. Um, I was born and grew up in uh, Cheshire in the UK in England. And um, I always had, a real passion for art and creativity and um, I studied fine art in the UK and then life got real and I had to get a proper job <laughs> um, and I worked my way up the corporate ladder and became a business advisor for um, the government in the UK and um, it wasn't until I moved to Canada um, and uh, I had an opportunity to start something new and try something different. Um, I decided to pursue my passion for creativity. So um, I went back to art school and studied at the Dundas Valley School of Art and took a lot of extra courses. Um, and um, my focus really was I really wanted to work with kids who had challenges to education so growing up um, I had a lot of barriers to learning I didn't find out till I was 27 that I was dyslexic and um, my parents um, I really struggled in school um, but my parents would always say to me take lots of notes and when we get home we'll figure it out and they found some very creative ways to help me remember things um, and they were very visual. So we did a lot of mind maps and using kind of pictures and images to help me remember things. And I wanted to see if I could apply that um, to other kids who might be struggling in education. So um, I started working um, in some local schools, providing after school programs here. And um, I started seeing feedback from teachers um, who were working with kids in academic subjects that um, by the process I was using with the kids kind of reverse engineering a problem um, and kind of separating it down piece by piece that they were finding they were then applying those skills to academic subjects. So that's kind of how I started with this. I've, uh, I've done lots of different things and, um, and I've kind of done a full circle back to um, following art as my passion. That's so amazing, right? And it's so interesting that, you know, we sort of have this idea that like get a real job can't include art and passion. And it's so interesting that you've literally created your job 
in your passion and art. So it is totally possible to have a, a, a really good earning in the in the arts. And I think that arts um, perhaps sometimes get like a bad rep that it's like not a real job, but like people need arts and creativity. It like, it fills our souls. And when we do it, we feel really good. And like, there's the business, right? Absolutely. And I, I feel that, you know, we, we often separate art from the rest of our daily lives. We see it as something indulgent or something that we do when we've got some extra time or maybe when people retire, but we are using creative thinking in every decision that we make every day, whether it's deciding what outfit to wear in the morning or how we're going to decorate our house to how we're going to organize our day. We have to use creative thinking to kind of prioritize um, what activities we're going to do each day and, you know, our route to work or when we have to go do chores. So I feel that, you know, it's very much encompassed in everything we do. And I kind of want to encourage people to not separate it and to realize how important it is in our daily lives and in our decision making. Um, what I found was really interesting was as a business advisor, I work with around 1500 businesses a year. Um, and um, I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs who had started a business from nothing, which gave me the inspiration to start my own business. I'd spent a long time telling other people, helping other people how to do it. I thought I'd try it myself. Um, but um, I found a lot of entrepreneurs had barriers to learning and had had to use a lot of creativity um, to get where they are today and um, I found a statistic the other day that 35% of all entrepreneurs in um, in the U.S. and Canada have dyslexia or have had some kind of challenges in education um, so I feel like what I'm doing now is not very different from what I did before as a business advisor I would often um, have a one piece of paper business plan everything I did was um, very creative. I would encourage um, the, the business managers I worked with to use mind maps um, and visuals instead of writing a great big long business plan that's just going to sit in a drawer and do nothing. So if you can't stick it on your fridge and see it and if it isn't colorful and eye-catching then I don't really feel like it's going to be useful. So um, again it's applying creativity into everyday life. I, I think that's a great great way of doing it. It's kind of like vision boarding your yes. uh, business plan. And it's so interesting that you say mind maps because um, I had like discovered mind mapping as an option like many years ago. And I haven't used it recently. I really should um, return to it, but it was a great way to like put like ideas on paper and then like play around with it. And I, and it, and it was fun. It made it fun to like do the hard work of like thinking about how this business is going to run and what I want and like my values. So I think it's a really great option for people to use creativity as a means of strategic planning. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and actually giving people permission to doodle. Um, you know, I think we feel like everything we do that's formal has to be in a linear form, but our brains don't think in a linear form. Our brains kind of jump from one idea to another. And, and what something like mind mapping does is it helps you um, explore different ideas um, and by kind of putting the focal point in the middle, like, okay, this is the, the kind of thing I need to focus on for, for whatever activity I'm thinking about. And then having these branches going out, but enable giving yourself permission to explore those branches and having a route map to get back to the center. I think it, it just works. And as I say, um, my approach to business was very different because I would encourage people, um, to, to doodle instead of writing the words. So if they were talking about, you know, an area of the business that was really challenging, um, I would say, well, draw a little picture of it because that's going to resonate and you're going to remember it a lot more than just writing lots of information. Lots of words. 
I want to go back to something you said about reverse engineering. And you were talking about children who are struggling academically. And part of what you want to do is like help these children build confidence. I, can you maybe explain a little bit what you mean by reverse engineering in the context of art and how that may help children who are struggling academically actually apply that to academics? So my mission is to promote confidence through creativity. Um, whenever I present a new project, whether it's a drawing or a painting, um, I say to the children and any students I'm working with, any age, um, let's look for hidden shapes, hidden letters. Um, so before we even start, we're kind of looking at how we can break it down. So, um, and I kind of make it as a fun sort of icebreaker. So people say, oh, I think I can see a letter Y in that tree. And, and, and then we talk about, well, don't you think like all those branches are ba basically letter Ys? So can you draw a letter Y? Yes. So now do you feel like you can draw this tree? Because it's just a whole bunch of letter Ys joined together. Um, you know, and then we're looking at mountains and I'll say, you know, what do you think that mountain looks like? And they'll say, oh, it kind of looks like an upside down W. Well, we, we know how to draw Ws. So now we know how to draw the mountains. So um and then we talk about, okay, so if we were going to start this drawing from scratch, what do you think we should draw first? What's kind of the thing that's in the foreground? What's our focal point? And, and then if we're, our eyes are kind of journeying through the project, what do we see next? So they're already creating it in their minds before we start. So they're starting to build confidence before they've even got the pencils or the paint out. Um, the other thing we talk about before we start a project is, does it have to look like mine? Um, and the answer is no. Is it okay if we make it different and make it individual? And then how can we make it different? What can we do differently? And then again, that sparks a conversation of like, oh, oh, I could put, um, you know, a Loch Ness monster coming out of the water or, you know, I could um, have a guy in a fishing boat or, you know, so, so again, I start encouraging them to, to make it different and make it individual. So again, that kind of gives them confidence, enthusiasm, and they're already creating the image in their minds before we've tackled it. Um, and then we break it down step by step. So I kind of do a painting by numbers, but it's basically painting by the shapes that they've already found. So I very much make my students feel that they are leading it. They are kind of telling me what are we gonna do first and how, so I'm guiding them, but I'm also giving them the confidence to feel like they are helping in the, the planning process for the project. And um, the feedback I've had, I've, I've worked with lots of different students, lots of different backgrounds, and I feel like we all have talents in different areas. Um, and um, students who have struggled academically, the feedback I'm getting from the teachers are, you know, they're actually now, before they get overwhelmed by a maths problem, they're actually stopping and breaking it down and thinking about it and using the same tools, which is all I, I really want. I just want... Um, everybody to kind of take that little bit of a deep breath before they plunge in and and start something um, so it's it's been it's been wonderful and I apply exactly the same principle to whoever I'm teaching whether it's a big corporation doing a team building activity or whether it's adults or if it's kids like um, it's not unique just to children yeah I, I and I think that is really helpful in the sense of, you know, when you think about, okay, I'm going to climb Mount Everest, the idea of like, how the heck am I going to get up, you know, X amount of feet when I'm like here at the bottom, it can seem yeah. very enormous and overwhelming and can be paralyzing actually to even beginning to start the project, right? I'm thinking from like, you know, yeah. business perspective, or like, maybe you want to do something in life, or maybe you're doing a career change or you're doing something that the end goal seems really big and like overwhelming. 
But applying these principles of like, okay, let me break this down into smaller chunks. And it's so interesting because I'm literally just having a light bulb moment that in talking with a colleague about like, you know, in physiotherapy treatment planning, right? And maybe we have a client who has, you know, multiple kind of things that they need to work on. It's complex. And we're like, okay, how do we help them see the vision of like their end goal? But like, let's break it down into these small little milestones. Like, I don't want you to worry about X. We're, we're all, both of us are aware of what X is and everything we're going to do is moving toward X. But the only thing I want you to focus in on right now is getting from this point to this point. Once you get there, we have the next milestone and then the next, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking back and you're going, wow, I'm at the top of Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm frustrated when people say to me, oh, I'm not an artist. I can't paint. I can't draw. And I always, I always say to them, challenge accepted. <laughs> um, you know, we are, we are not born knowing how to walk or talk or do anything really. Everything we do, we have to learn how to do it. Um, Olympic athletes are not born Olympic athletes. It's something that we learn. So I believe everybody has the potential to um, be creative or achieve, you know, a lot of amazing things in their lives. So, um, so especially when people say to me, oh, I can't paint like you. And like, do you think I knew how to do this? Like as soon as I, I, uh, you know, I, I picked up a paintbrush. No, this is, I've learned how to do this stuff and I've had to break it down into simple steps and, um, my philosophy is there's no such thing as mistakes, just happy accidents. And um, I recently published on my Instagram a picture of my giant pile of happy accidents. Um, I've just recently paired to my art studio. And I say to my students, for every great painting or painting that I'm going to teach, I've probably got a basement full of happy accidents and things I need to work on or correct. Or, but, but I've learned from those happy accidents. So, um, you know, I, I want people to feel that, you know, everybody has potential to, to do this. Um, and say, so if you can draw a straight line or a curved line and you know your alphabet, you can do this. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I want to explore with you, like, kind of how you made the decision to incorporate like adult classes. And when you did start teaching adults, you know, to, to do art, what was like the most surprising, like benefit you saw, like that they were getting out of, you know, their artistic exploration? Like, was there anything that surprised you once you start like, right? Cause you're saying adults or adults or anybody might think, oh, I can't, I can't draw, I can't paint. And then you get them doing it like, and then you get to see them experience something different. Anything that stands out to you as like surprising that you were like, oh, I didn't expect that, that to happen or that person to feel that way. And yeah. And like, let's just maybe start off with like, where did the adult thing come in? Okay. And go from there. Okay. Um, so um, initially, when I started this business 10 years ago now, um, I was teaching children in schools and art galleries um, and doing some private kind of kids' birthday parties as well. Um, and I found the parents were starting to approach me at the end of the classes and say they were really surprised what their kids were doing. Um, and do you teach art, art classes to adults or have you ever done paint nights? And I was, it was just a consistent request. So I thought, okay, I'm going to look into this. So um, the gallery I was teaching at at the time, um, I, I asked them if I could add in some adult classes, which, which we did. And, um, and then I approached some local restaurants Um and my approach was, is there a day of the week when you don't have much business and you'd like to be busier? <laughs> that was kind of my, my best kind of lead in. And we discovered that Wednesday nights were a little bit quiet for a lot of restaurants. So I started potting on paint nights. And um, 
my focus was encouraging people to be playful and really wanted them to enjoy the journey, not the end result. So it was so nice to see um, adults actually kind of enjoying what we enjoyed as kids. So as kids, like my son's six, he doesn't really worry about what his painting or drawing is going to look like at the end. He's just like, let's have a painting session, mom, let's have a drawing session. And he just enjoys the activity. So I really want wanted the adults to, to be focused on the benefits of the actual creative process rather than it has to look like this. And, and um, so it kind of started like that. And then um, some of my customers at paint nights or in my um, night school classes that I was teaching um, started approaching me saying, you know what my company could do with something like this. Whenever we do a team building activity, it's always based on physical ability, like paintballing or rock climbing or ATV driving or, you know, and we just, this would, this would appeal to any ability or any age group. So I started doing in-house team building for corporates and, and that became a really big thing. And especially for, um, employee wellness that became um, a real focus for the um, the corporate team building side of things um, and I found the more kind of academic or the more kind of serious the business whether it was lawyers or accountants or um, you know the more they needed this creative output and um, so yeah so it just started snowballing and getting you know kind of busier and busier and I feel that you know the ability for us to actually have permission to be playful and just let go of that stress it just has so many benefits to our health mental health and physical health as well um so yeah so that's how I kind of got into the the adult side of things and so when you went in to do these like corporate wellness or team building activities like did it surprise you like how people responded to it? Like, were you surprised that they really enjoyed it? Were you sort of like, Hey, like they, did that take you by surprise? The fact that things started snowballing, like, did you expect that that was going to happen? Did you expect that they were going to let loose and like get into it? Or did you have to like help them warm up to the idea of play? Um, I think I definitely needed to, to get them to warm up because I think, um, you know, I, I find we haven't given ourselves permission to be playful for, for so long in our adult lives. It's like, great, we've got to be serious now. We've got to earn a living and we've got to, every hour has to be productive. Um, and um, to actually help my customers realize the importance of playfulness, um, particularly at the moment, um, you know, we've all been very heightened level of stress worldwide for the last 18 months and um some of the feedback i was getting from my customers was this is the only time i relax when i do your paint nights or i do my art classes this is the only time i have a ah, kind of moment and um and i i've already been kind of on a bit of a journey of self-discovery over the last um year and a half just before the pandemic struck actually um, kind of learning about my own anxiety and my own stress levels and the importance of being playful and lowering our cortisol levels. Um, I loved your podcast on the polyvagal theory because that's um, something I've really been studying and working on over the last uh, year and a half on my own journey. And um, because I was finding that so many people, this was like, it's I wasn't alone. This is like a really big deal for a lot of people. Um, I branched out and developed a mindfulness drawing and painting program, which we're now in our third season of, of doing that. Um, so just, I think what was most surprising was how, how much people need this, how much we need to be playful and we need to give ourselves permission to be creative and have those ah, moments when for the, you know, a lot of my customers say for, for the two hours they paint with me, it's the only two hours in the week when they do forget about everything else that's going on in their lives. They stop worrying about deadlines and 
um, financial worries or stresses in their everyday lives. They actually have a kind of a time to breathe and a time to just have some fun. But also, it's not just an indulgent um, kind of having fun. It's I, I think it's really important for us to have that that kind of downtime. Well, it's the downtime that helps us fuel the battery for our productivity. So in fact, like the studies are out there are pretty clear, like when we recharge, when we take a break, when we rest, productivity actually goes up. We know that, right? Yeah. So um, it is extremely important, but we don't necessarily think of the downtime and the fun time as being the thing that actually allows our mind to clear so that we can actually get new ideas in and solve the problem at work we weren't able to solve, right? Because when you're like in it and you're like trying to force the solution, it ain't coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like when you, you know, it's like people have the like light bulb moments in the shower. Why in the shower? Well, because you're kind of mindlessly like washing your hair and like, do, 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 you know, yeah. you all, you're, you're kind of like being present and like not necessarily thinking is when you actually can think. Right. Yeah. So it's like paradoxical. Yeah. In how ideas and productivity increases. Absolutely. I am um, uh, for my birthday last year. Um, I was locked down for my birthday. It was April. So it was just after the pandemic started. And because at that point I hadn't even thought about, you know, building this into my business. I was just doing it for personal benefit I asked for my birthday present um, to get the full version of um, Headspace to start learning how to meditate and switching the mind off and, and that's when I really started understanding how important it is to have these moments of rest um, or not rest just doing something different and I realized I have everybody has kind of different triggers to anxiety but also different calming strategies calming tools and my calming tools are creativity nature exercise and social and I've realized that they are kind of the key things for me um so purely on a, a selfish point I I thought how can I incorporate that into what I'm doing with my business so I benefit from it and I know for sure from the feedback I'm getting other people benefit from, mm. um, from those releases and those tools as well. Can we dive a little deeper into these artful mind classes? Like what, what does a, what does an artful mind class look like? Um, so, um, it's been evolving. I'm in my third season now, so we're just about to start it again in September. So it's evolved based on feedback. Um, so where we're at, at the moment is we start with a 15 minute meditation, a guided meditation. Um, and I like to take my students on a journey. So I encourage them to join the class with a lot of them wear their pajamas because we do it at night. And I always say, get ready to go to bed afterwards because you'll be sleepy and hopefully you'll be rested enough to have a really great night's sleep. So a lot of, and that's the beauty of Zoom, right? You can attend in your pajamas. You don't have to drive anywhere or drive home. Or, so um, they have cozy blankets. They have pajamas. They have a nice warm drink. A lot of them have candles lit, um, you know, whatever kind of helps them feel relaxed. And then I encourage them to just sit and have their eyes closed and I'll spend about 15 minutes and I'll do a guided meditation. So we'll do a body scan. Um, I will take them on a journey each week. So I might take them up an imaginary mountain in the Azores, or we may be sitting on a beach watching a sunset. Um, and after we've done the body scan and the kind of focusing on winding and relaxing our body down, I'll kind of focus on the senses. We'll say, okay, so for instance, if I, if one of the guided meditations is sat on a beach, I'll say, okay, can you put your fingers into the sand? Is it warm? Is it cool? What's the textures of the sand? Is it kind of 
gritty? Is it fine sand? Is that kind of powdery sand? So, um, so we I kind of take them through each sense. So I, I, I always get them to use their hand. So luckily we have, most of us have five fingers. So each finger represents a sense. So that will be the kinetic side. And then I'll say, okay, what can you hear? Let's, let's listen to the sounds we can hear on this beat. Can you hear the, the waves lapping? Um, is there a little seagull in the background? Um, you know, kind of focusing on the sounds and then the smells, like what can we smell on this beach that we're on right now? Um, and taste is always a difficult one. I say, what can we taste? Is it a nice picnic we've just had or, or a beverage we're enjoying on this beach? Um, you know, so I, I, and then, and then it's sight. So what can you see? Is it kind of the, the light reflecting on the water as the sun goes down what colors can we see in the sky for this beautiful sunset so I kind of take them on this journey and then I'll start bringing them back to the present so let's start thinking about what we can hear in the room now where we're at um, and I kind of bring them back and then we start our activity um, and the activities vary uh, the first program I wrote was purely drawing. I encourage people to go get a little plain paper sketchbook and everything we put is in the sketchbook. So um, they've then got kind of a reference book at any point in the day when they're feeling like they need a little bit of calming, they can turn to one of the pages and maybe practice one of the exercises when they're not with me. Um, so we do some very simple drawings. So we do things like one line animals where we don't take our pen away from the paper and we'll draw one line animal. I do a blind drawing activities. So I'll get them to not look at the book. They can turn a light off or dim the light or just not look. And we all take it in turns to name an object. So it'll be like, okay, uh, Mary says we, she wants to draw a flower. So I want everybody to draw a flower, but I don't want you to look at your paper. And then we kind of have a bit of a giggle afterwards and kind of look at what we produced. And if people want to share, we can share. Um, but some of the drawings are more guided and we're producing something beautiful that they might want to keep or reproduce. So it's kind of a combination of playful um, and I'm teaching some technical drawing skills as well. Um, the second term, uh, I introduced color. So uh, we started using watercolor and watercolor doesn't have to mean going out and buying some expensive watercolor paints. We were in the middle of lockdown the last season and all the shops were closed and you could only buy food. So I got really creative with what materials we could use to bring color into our drawings. So um, do you know that Crayola markers, if you put them on the paper and then add a little bit of water and a wet paintbrush they can turn into watercolor um pastels you can add kitchen oil and turn them into oil paint um i had people using makeup <laughs> they were actually getting out the eyeshadow palette and adding color that way so we got really fun and creative with how we could introduce color into our sketches um and then at the end of our drawing session I'll then give them um, five or 10 minutes of savasana. So I'll encourage them to lie down or relax in the chair, um, cover themselves in a blanket. And I'll start with a, a few words to help relax them. And then we will just sit in silence for a, a couple of minutes and just breathe. And again, focus on the five senses. And um, I take it as a really, really big compliment if people fall asleep. I call it my tucking in service. So um, I've had a few students who've actually nodded off <laughs> and, and they've phoned me the next day and said, I just had the best night's sleep I've had in months. Um, I have a, a few medical staff who are in my mindfulness class and they're very very stressed at the moment and um, one nurse in particular says that see it's she has the best night's rest after my mindfulness program because she doesn't have to go anywhere afterwards so if she falls asleep on the sofa 
door and also Vasana at the end. She just stays there and she sleeps the night and she has a really great sleep. So, and that's the beauty of Zoom. They don't have to go anywhere. So that's kind of the structure of the mindfulness program. Um, and, and the work that I've been doing on myself in the last 12 months is the importance of practicing mindfulness, whether it's in a guided activity like my mindfulness program, or whether it's just spending a couple of minutes, maybe when you're washing the dishes, just focusing on those, those five digits on your hand, because it's very easy that there is a little reminder. So, you know, perhaps um, if we're doing the dishes, we're kind of feeling the bubbles, we're smelling the soap, we're kind of watching how the water moves, you know, we can incorporate mindfulness into anything. If we're watching the kettle boil, we can have 30 seconds of having a mindfulness moment then. So I always, I think when I got this headspace app, I felt like it was something that I had to separate from and add in and give myself this pressure of, every, oh, I need to meditate. Whereas you can bring it into everyday activities. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think that's something that, um, we all need to focus on at the moment because we're all in this high, uh, based on your, your podcast, uh, I, I really liked how you're explaining that, you know, we're all in this heightened sense of anxiety at the moment, but it's been prolonged. It's been for 18 months. Um, and, and that's not counting all the other stuff going on. I've had a lot of other stuff going on. Um, so just if we just focus on the stress we've had with this pandemic, like we've all had very heightened levels of stress. We've, our cortisol levels have all been high. So I think more than ever, um, being playful, practicing a little bit of mindfulness, giving ourselves the gift of, um, breathing a little bit more and focusing our breathing, um, is it, just so important for our physical health and our, our long-term mental health? Well, I, I 100%, you know, agree, right? Like we're in a heightened state of fight or flight. Whether you are consciously aware of it or not, you, physiologically from an evolutionary perspective, like we are wired to continuously assess our environment for safety, danger, and life threat, Right. And we're getting bombarded literally everywhere. However, on the flip side, we, we have this opportunity to create safety in the moment. And that is the mindfulness piece, right? Turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off social media, like turn it all off, right? The noise. And then like, just actually be present in the moment, like where you are sitting, right? Because it is in that mindfulness moment when you're present that you can then begin to foster a sense of safety in the moment. Mm. Right. Like, yeah, because what is, you know, if you think about anxiety or I, I'm not saying like clinical anxiety, I'm just saying that feeling the physiological feeling of anxiety is about a future mm. that isn't always rooted in the present, like it isn't rooted in the present, right? Because it's not necessarily occurring right this particular moment, but it's like, oh, well, what if this happens or this happens? And, you know, it's always like the what if in the future, something bad happens and I'm not going to be able to cope. So the mindfulness piece, the art is like bringing it to this particular moment right now in this space and time. Am I, am I safe right now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that just physiologically begins to turn down the chemicals associated with the fight or flight response. Yeah. Right? And I think um, you, you mentioned in, in your podcast about the polyvagal theory, about the importance of social, mm -hmm. and how social can calm us. And, and I think, again, that's why I think joining an art class or joining some kind of if we can't get out physically to see people doing something social, whether it's, you know, um, doing a, a Zoom class or whether it's kind of going out for a walk distantly or however we can with another person, I think that the social side is so important even more than ever now. And I feel like that's what I've found has been so important, not just for my clients, but for myself. Um, when um, 
when we first were in Italy lockdown last March, um, I'm a really social person. My whole business is focused on being out with people, interacting constantly um, in a kind of a previous life in England and, you know, a little bit in Canada, but not so much recently. I was a singer in a, in a, in several bands and I like being, I like making people happy. I like entertaining people. That's why I love doing the classes and to suddenly, you know, it was like the record stopped. It was right. Well, lockdown, who knows how long. And, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're being cut off socially, which is, you know, I think is as human beings, we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be in a tribe. We're supposed to be in a village. Um, you know, so, so I think that the, the social side of doing something creative together is, is really important. Um, and that's why, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought, right, I, I, the first day I kind of licked my wounds and thought everybody's canceled everything. I had 50 wine glasses stored in my art studio, ready to do a big event at the art gallery of Hamilton, um, for wine glass painting as an activity with a, um, a large lawyer firm. And I was like, what am I going to do with all these materials? And, and I, you know, my whole business is based on social interaction. What am I going to do? Like the idea of social distancing was like, the worst thing anybody could tell me, but um, I kind of licked my wounds. And then the next day um, I got the full version of Zoom. I went out and bought a whole bunch of equipment and I thought, right, let's do this. Um, I, uh, I set up free art classes every afternoon. And the idea was it was just while we were locked down, thinking it would be like two weeks <laughs> maximum. School's going to be closed in two weeks, right? Let's do some art classes just to keep everybody happy. And it was for myself too. I, I needed this. So I thought, how can I see people? I know I'll put on some <laughs> free art classes. So it was purely, it was for myself as well as helping other people. And those daily art classes I put on for free turned into 12 weeks of daily art classes. Um and and that's kind of how I started on the virtual side. Sorry, I'm digressing a lot from the question, uh, but um, it's totally fine because that's that we were going to go there. And I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so, like, how is this like looking now? Right. Because yeah. uh, you mentioned Zoom and, you know, we've sort of touched upon it. I mean, at this point, most of us have pivoted to some form of online uh, offering. Um, so yeah, like continue with your story. Like I want to hear like how this transition <laughs> happened and, you know, um, and like what it's morphed into. It's been absolutely remarkable, actually. Um, I feel that, um, the pandemic has kind of forced my business to go in a very different direction that perhaps I was thinking about in the back of my mind I kind of had it in my business plan for the future but it was boom I had to do it immediately um and the response has just been phenomenal because I think it's helped so many people again with the social aspect I think everybody suddenly realized how important creativity is for our mental health um so I started with these uh there's 12 weeks of free classes and then um, I kind of put it out on some of the mum groups I'm with because I have a uh, had at the time five year old. He's now six at home, and you know I was kind of reading a lot of posts about mum saying I've got three kids at home and I don't know what to do with them. The schools are closed and the weather's rubbish. And so I said, look, I've got I'm doing these classes to give something back to the community and to kind of keep myself sane a bit for now. Um, and um, so when there was, um, you know, the, the public holidays, holidays like March break and Easter, I, I made it um, the kind of longer classes um, and I started adding in more during each day. And um, it was easy to do because my son joined in or he would have for the two hours of class, he would have a little bit of TV downtime. Um, and um, I just found the response I was getting was great. And then... Um, I was combining at the time to start with kids and adults because everybody was home. And then when things start, some businesses started going back, I was asked if I could do some evening classes. So 
um, up until now I'd been doing paint nights in restaurants. Uh, so I kind of put together some um, paint nights online and they became really, really popular. So I've been doing them weekly ever since for the last year and a half. Um, uh, and then I was starting to be approached by parents who were saying, is my daughter's birthday coming up and they can't see their friends. Could you perhaps do a birthday party on Zoom? And that became huge. Like I've been doing, I think I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of birthday parties for kids and adults. And then I was then asked to um, put together some team build, corporate team building. People, you know, teams are very isolated. Everybody's working at home. They can't interact with their colleagues. Everybody needs a kind of opportunity to, to get together and do something nice. So um, I had corporations who were, um, I was hosting the Zoom meeting. They would start with, with a quick team meeting, team update, and then we would do a, a drawing or painting session. So it's just exploded. Um, but what's been really interesting is we're not limited on where people are located. So, um, for instance, the birthday parties, kids have been able to reunite with friends who have moved to other provinces. Um, I've had quite a few kids parties where they've moved countries. One little girl would move to Scotland just before the pandemic and she was able to have a great time with her friends. The moms have got really creative with, I either make up kits and do porch pickup or ship them out. Um, a lot of the parents have been, you know, dropping off cupcakes with the art kits so we can have these birthday parties online and they've been so fun. Um, but on the, the corporate team building side, I found that companies, they don't need to hire a, a big expensive hotel and pay for travel for all their team to do an activity. They can just meet on a Zoom call and get everybody together and maybe do it more frequently than instead of it being a once a year team event, they can do it once every two months. So um, I've had people making new friends across different countries by attending my classes. So I, I run three kids classes a week and admittedly, most of them are in Ontario and locally, but I also have kids in, in England. I have a child in Argentina. I have a child dialing from um, Chicago. And the, the connecting and those friendships are probably gonna last in the future, maybe once things open up, they can go visit each other or, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, I had a, a big team building activity for a, a TV company, for the managers of a TV company. And um, they said, you know, I don't suppose you speak French because a lot of our managers are in Quebec. I said, well, I don't, but I know somebody who does. <laughs> So I brought in a translator and we did a big team building activity across the US and Canada and I had a French translator. So it's been, um, the pandemic's been devastating for the whole world, but I think it's given us new opportunities to communicate and get together. Um, I have a, um, a group of people who do a daytime, I call it my oops to awesome painting class. So it's it's for beginner painters who want to take their oopses, <laughs> their little happy accidents, and learn how to change them and make them into something awesome. And uh, we found a time zone that works. So uh, half the class are in England and um, we do uh, 10 o'clock Canada time and three o'clock in the afternoon England time. And again, they're making friends. They're kind of socializing. I work with an alumni group for uh, one of the large universities here, um, they're on the third season of classes and they're able to meet safely with each other and chat and have coffee and paint and do something fun. So virtual has been a, a game changer um, for opening my business up to a global market, but also bringing people together globally as well in a really fun and safe way need materials I can either get them out to you or we can Amazon them or we can just figure out what we already have at home I've, I work with a couple of charities and um, they uh, were providing paint nights for the 
customers. Uh, one of them is a, a parents of uh, children with um, anxiety or learning difficulties or autism, and the parents need need the break. So they've they booked me for quite a few sessions of of paint and art therapy and just a fun social kind of thing. And um, but they said normally we send materials out, and we it was when we were locked down and we couldn't get anything. So I said, right, let's. So I came up with the same image, five different ways of doing it with stuff I could find around my house. So I'm like, this is how we can do it with makeup. This is how we can do it with food coloring. This is how we can do it with just a pencil. Um, this is how we can do it with Crayola markers. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it's just been really, really fun and really interesting. And it's so... Also, like from a learning perspective, like you're learning scrappiness and innovation and rolling with it. And like there's other skill sets that you're learning that can be applied to business or to your profession, to other things as yeah. well. Exactly. And I, I love how we're now as a, as a, a you know, across all countries now we're becoming really accepting of things don't have to be perfect I mean I love it that you know we're now watching news reporters with their kids kind of wheeling in and <laughs> you know toddlers crawling across them or the cats are walking in front of the screen and I just think it's great we're all becoming more human and more accepting of things don't have to be perfect which is my whole philosophy with my with my art lessons things don't have to be perfect life happens um yeah it's it's interesting yeah <laughs> so i want to talk um about your you know giving back to the community because i know you also um have been trying to give back to like hospital and creating some fundraisers and supporting medical staff um and you have some scholarship things you've set up. So can we talk a little bit about that? So I always wanted um, a portion of my business to be about um, supporting the community and, and helping people. Um, so I kind of have different branches to my business. So I have my business is called Artfully You. I have Mindfully You, which is my mindfulness program. And I have Kindfully You. And the Kindfully You was um, providing the free art lessons um, on, a, on a regular basis. So whenever there is a Christmas holidays, March break, Easter, I try and put on some free art lessons for the community. Um, for perhaps people who don't have the budget or just need a break or, you know, just want to try something without any commitment. Um, but I also like to sponsor a child or an individual on a regular basis to provide them kind of a scholarship. They can attend my programs for free. And I try and do that each, each month or each quarter at least. Um, so uh, on the mums groups that I'm on on Facebook, um, I put out a request and said, does anybody know of a child or a family that kind of need a little bit of extra, you know, a little, little bit of extra support or something nice at the moment, somebody who's been through a tough time. Um, and um, one child was nominated to me in particular. So I connected with her mom and, um, I didn't ask any questions. I just said, you know, somebody's nominated your daughter to have a scholarship with me. And um, this is when we meet. And uh, and she's like, well, the only thing is, is equipment might be a little bit tricky. And I was like, well, she only really needs a, a Sharpie and some paper and maybe some markers. And I kind of didn't really register what the challenge was because I she said, oh, I might be able to ask um this group she mentioned like a, a voluntary group so I said well I can I can probably put a kit together so so my mind was going it's made to be a low-income family and they don't have the resources well when the child dialed in to our zoom class and joined us she was in a hospital bed in McMaster hospital children's hospital and she was obviously very very sick and had lots of tubes coming out of it and um it really took me by surprise 
and I at the in that particular class I think I had about um 15 or 16 kids who who had signed up for the program they were amazing with her they never once asked why she was in a hospital bed um sometimes she would lie down because I think she was getting very tired but then she'd suddenly pick herself up again and start drawing again. And her mom was with her kind of helping her a little bit, but the kids were so amazing saying, you know, can you show me what you've done? And that's awesome. How did you do that? I want to know how to do that. They would it just kind of happen. And it was beautiful and amazing. And um, she joined us for quite a few weeks from her hospital bed. And then um uh, a few weeks later, I just noticed that she was at home. And again, I never asked any questions. I said, oh, hey, you're home. This is great. And just seeing like her energy grew and but just being part of a group of kids that didn't ask any questions. They just they were kids. She was a kid. Let's draw together. You know, it was just amazing. Um, and it was one of those really beautiful moments. And it's something I I um I really wanted it to become more part of my business. So I have contacted some of the hospitals and um, uh, I would like to um, offer that to, to more kids, especially during the pandemic when they can't go talk to other kids on the ward. They're very isolated. Um, my husband's been very sick in the last 12 months and you know I could only visit every other day. And um, one of the things I've been talking to him about is there must have been a lot of other people on the ward who were very isolated, had very few visitors. And, you know, the lovely thing about Zoom is, you know, all they need is a Wi-Fi connection um, and, and some kind of device and they can connect with the real world with other people. Um, and so I'd like to be able to offer this out more to adults and kids. So um, this is something um, I'm putting into my business plan for, for this year. Um, the, the other thing I've been doing on kind of a, a charity side of things is um, based on the nurse who was attending my mindfulness program. Um, she's now a regular in my paint nights too. Um, you know, for frontline workers are really under so much additional stress right now. And um, I wanted to help more medical staff um, or people working in hospitals or frontline workers. Um, and I also wanted to, to give something back to the people who helped my husband over the last 12 months. Um, so I contacted um, Joseph Brandt Hospital where he was at and said, you know, um, I'd, I'd like to do something for the hospital. We'd like to give something back. And, you know, we could just make a donation, but what I'd really like to do is put on a virtual paint night for all of the hospital staff, anybody who works there. But also let's open it out to, if they have any family members or other people who want to join in, we'll do as a fundraiser for the hospital as well. Um, so we did that last February and we had 57 logins. So not 57 people, 57 logins. So um, a lot of the logins were five or six people sat around the table and it was so fun. And again, just giving something back to the community, but also raising some money for the hospital. So I'm in um, talks with some more hospitals about doing some more events like that for fundraising and also just providing something fun and safe and, um, you know, a way to socialize. So, um, so I feel like this kind for you part of my business is, is really important um, and it's something I want to continue with. So I would like to say if anybody knows of anybody who is having a tough time at the moment, maybe is in hospital isolated or um, needs a bit, you know, please get in touch with me and let me know because I do give out a scholarship um, as often as I can to a child or to an adult. Yeah, and so speaking of you know, getting in contact with you. Um, let's, let's talk about, you know, where people can find out more information about the various classes and days, times. Um, and like, where can people, where can people follow you? You mentioned Instagram. So, you know, where, where do people go? So my website is artfullyyou, two wise 
www.awfulyou.ca. So awfulyou.ca. Um, so um, if you were to go to my homepage, there's a book now um, tab and uh, it takes you straight to my Eventbrite booking system. Also under classes, um, there'll be a calendar. Um, I'm just about to put it on for September. Um, that'll be published next week. Um, I'm always promoting my classes on my Instagram, which is julie.artfullyou. Um, if anybody wants to try a free lesson, a sample lesson on my YouTube channel, which is Artfully You, I have currently about 50 videos and the color-coded, the purple ones are drawing videos for kids and the green thumbnails are painting videos. So there's about 50 on there, but I have actually recorded about nearly 300. So when my son finally goes back to school, hopefully in September, I'm going to be adding a lot more on there. Um, but I run um, weekly classes. So um, we're, we're starting again in September. Um, I took a couple of weeks off this summer just to have some family time. But um, starting in September, we're going to be doing three kids classes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on Zoom at four o'clock. Um, I'm running adult classes during the day and evenings. Um, we do Wednesday night paint nights, which is just more of a drop and you don't have to sign up for a course. It's eight o'clock every Wednesday night on Zoom. Again, the, the booking details are on my website. Mindfulness is Thursday evenings. Um, and then I keep my Fridays free for private work and corporate team building. So, yeah, so get in touch and let's paint together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful and wonderful to to let people know of the various um, options and like awesome that you have some videos on YouTube, you know, so that if it's like, I can't do any of these times, but I'd really like to try until my schedule opens. Like, that's awesome that you have that available. Um, for our listeners, I just want to let you know that we will put the links to her Instagram, to her YouTube, to her website in the show notes. So in the description of the podcast, all the details will be there in case you're like, what's the spelling? What was that again? Uh, so all the details will be there. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, what I love is when people try my videos on YouTube and then send me a picture of what they've done. And, and I'm very happy to give feedback. And I love it when people will uh, tag me and, and kind of uh, put it on their own social media and, and kind of share it because... You know, I think creativity is so important for all of us. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So if you are doing it, take her on her Instagram handle and we will put that in the show notes. Julie, thank you so much for taking time. But if you're very creatively busy schedule to share with us this uh, amazing opportunity and like wonderful discussion on really the magic of art and how it can fill our soul, nourish our minds, and like help us reset our nervous system to, you know, those moments of safety and connection that is really important for our health. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And of course, we want to thank our listeners for joining us in every week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast because again, Every week, different topic, different aspect about how to live a better life and share this podcast out, you know, um, with anybody who you think would benefit from listening or maybe family members who need some activities for their kids or just for fun, just because it's something lighthearted to listen to and, you know, no, 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 no heaviness per se. So share it out and we'll connect with everybody next time on the podcast. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about 
the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training, or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode. At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.